YouTube Locked On Browns, your daily podcast covering the Cleveland Browns, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Guys, just another fun afternoon, and this is great. Look, I the stadium packed, the way the game went, um, you get to roll on into Christmas Eve, Christmas Day here. Um, me and Pete were just thinking about just replugging up the the pregame show because I think that pretty much covered it. But look, a lot, a lot of fun today. Uh, I think for me, the biggest highlight I'm going to take away today is when somebody tries to get a little extra handsy and drop their body weight on number six that you see everybody in the Cleveland Browns uniform is going to come running. I think they all kind of understand who the meal ticket is. You're making what you're making, but none of you are going to look that good on the field unless six is a part of it. And Pete, I remember you addressed this in a tweet the other day. Well, get back up quarterback. You know, whatever happened if Baker Mayfield goes down and, and your response was, if Baker goes down, it's bullshit. It's over. It's anyway. And I think that's you. Know, you saw that today when he took that hit on the sidelines, and these guys came all running over. Yeah, I mean, look. Let's say the Browns have Nick Foles next year, and, and Mayfield goes down. You're not going to win the Super Bowl. You, you, that's a fluke. In a fluke, the Eagles were super, super talented, uh, and the, the level Mayfield appears to be on. You can't just fall off that and expect the team to get through. Uh, you know, I know the argument is, well, if he's out for a couple weeks, you need somebody to make sure they don't go over, I guess. But, I mean, I, you know, is Drew Stanton capable of doing that? Probably. Uh, so, to me, it's, you know, for planning for the future, it's Mayfield, Stanton, and somebody on the practice squad you like that you can sort of develop quietly. And if you need to bring somebody up, you can bring somebody up. But, you know, this idea that, that oh, we've got to chase after another quarterback – to make sure we've got one in case he gets hurt. Let's just make sure he doesn't get hurt uh, and, and work from there. And, and thankfully, Mayfield does a lot of uh, protecting of himself for the most part. He's gotten good at that. But uh, as, as for the hit, it's, it's yes, certainly um, the teammates come over. But the other part of it is like, you know, Mayfield immediately gets up and sort of asserts himself. He's not like that's – and that's part of why they respect him so much and is, is in – so far as, yes, they want to protect him. I also think they want to protect him from himself because he's not afraid to go pick a fight with a guy twice his size uh, and actually potentially do some damage to himself. So I, I think there's a lot there. But certainly, you know, they, they respect the hell out of him when he when he runs. They respect the hell out of him and, and how tough he is and, and the way he carries himself. But, yeah, I mean, it, it's certainly – good that we don't have to hear the nonsense about well why why aren't the linemen you know fighting for their guy and all that 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 seems to be something that uh they've got covered yeah it it, we're not gonna have to worry about that uh you know he he may rub some people the wrong way with his brashness that's fine none of those people exist in cleveland or in that locker room so that's not going to be an issue uh first quarter we got into this pete we kind of talked about this look i mean when Baker basically said, I want the stadium full, and you know his actions this week, and you knew again with Hugh coming in, and obviously the results from the first time they faced off, we got a little fired up Baker early. And you know, and look, I'd rather you come out too amped up than to come out not amped up enough, but you saw it a little bit in the first quarter. Yeah, uh, things were, you know, it, w- it never felt difficult, but it always it felt like they were leaving plays on the field uh, that they may have been able to have. But, you know, I, I liked how aggressive they were. They were really uh, good at balancing the pass and the run. Uh, obviously, Nick Chubb had a good day. And, and really, they could have run him 30 times. He probably would have 200 yards. 
Um, at the at the at the average yards per carry, he was yes, most certainly, sir. I don't know who uh, another running back was in his backfield last year. I don't remember that guy. But uh, yeah, I mean, and and certainly converting like the fourth down uh, was great, especially because it appeared to be out of an audible. Uh, that type of stuff is always positive. The fact that they continue their ridiculous red zone efficiency um, is is awesome. Basically, if they get in the red zone, they will score a touchdown. That's who they've become. I think they're, they're what, 18 for 18 now, uh, which is absurd. Uh, and then, you know, just different guys stepping up in some of those situations, including the ever-present playmaker, always count on him, Darren Fells. I mean, you know, like, uh, you know, broken watches even right twice a day. Darren Fells, he's, he's going to be right when you need him. And But, you know, I mean, he's just a, he's an obscenely large human. And he kind of, you know, as much as they gave credit uh, credit to Baker, and it was, it was an incredible ball, but you can't get around Darren Fells. He's just a big dude. And now tied for second on this team in touchdown receptions, Pete. Yeah, he's with, he's tied with Najoku, uh, hey, Landry, uh, and 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 Higgins, I think now. Exactly, exactly how how they drew it up earlier. Um, I do want to get to this one. Uh, look, I mean, the Browns are going to get flagged a lot, and guys, you got to accept that with a younger team. And as much as good as you think this product is. They're not there yet in getting every call respectability, but the Rashard Higgins offensive pass interference, Pete, that was goddamn garbage. Yeah, look, it know, almost like have... he gave him a pat, like saying, "Dude, I'm out. Later, I beat you." Yeah, it was. It was. You know, it's always one of those where you see full speed. You can sort of understand what they may have thought they saw, which was effectively. Uh, an arm extension and they just went oh that's a flag when he didn't actually do anything uh and and really the the corner basically got uh kirkpatrick basically got beat flat-footed dude he i mean he was flat i mean he, he had his face he had he was complete incorrect position i mean they kind of just bailed him out right so if if uh he makes that play uh, then, then uh Richard Higgins is up about uh 115 yards on the day so, you know, and, and he, he, what he did catch was six receptions on seven targets. He is basically – there's no question those two have the best chemistry, but it just seems so automatic that when Baker goes his way, it's gonna, something good is going to happen. I think the thing there is, is they both have a great football intelligence, and you guys heard this a lot in the telecast, you know, that they like to – Baker has zero issues throwing – if he knows the defenders don't see him or he's got a back to him. It was evident with the touchdown pass that Carolina gave him to Jarvis Landry. But I think Rashard Higgins, and he is, he's a good athlete, but I think Rashard Higgins is a highly intelligent football player as well. So when these two get in these situations, they see it so quickly and they both just click on it. And like Pete said, it would have been well over you know 100, you know, 100 yards receiving for Rashard Higgins. Damn near 500 yards of total offense as it was. Uh, you know, obviously, Mr. Fells, nice job. Jarvis Landry, look, uh, you know, Jarvis Landry, that was, a, that was a nicer ball I've seen in an NFL game than any time I was ever forced to watch Tim Tebow. Dropped it in there. Um, but even still, for Jarvis Landry, giving him a little credit there, Brashard Perriman, Pete, three weeks in a row now where he has made a vertical difference. Look, who knows, you know, because he'll never get to probably see the amount of targets that you would think he would have from where he was drafted in his draft position. But just find some way. He's got the build. He's got the length. He's got the speed. He's a contributor. And we talk all the time. You want to flip fields. 
Bashar Perriman, besides Nick Chubb, is maybe the only other guy that can truly do that for you. Uh, yeah, him and him and Callaway can both. It, well, can weird, both weird again. I mean, weird that zero look of Callaway today. It, it, it's tough to figure that out. But look, I understand sometimes you're deep, you know you're deep there and your skill guys, but just weird. But go ahead on uh, Bashard. So, like, I know a lot of people are sitting there going, you know, Perryman needs to get like seven targets and what whatnot. And, but and my they're resp- winning. What does it just whatever works each week? That what they're doing is that's what matters. Well, that. But I also think it's really hard to sort of amp up a guy's workload during the season like that. Like, you know, if you if you're convinced that Brashard Perryman's nothing more than a three or four. He's doing great. If you're somebody who's sitting there going, I think he can be maybe a number two or even a number one receiver, that's where it has to happen in the offseason, where there's nothing but practicing and reps and it's not installing game plans and it's not trying to do very specific things. It's just letting a guy sort of go out there and show what he can do. And if he can make a compelling argument at that point, then I think you're going to see more of a uh, a real depth chart change. But as we've talked about – you know, the, the the leaders in targets in this game were Jarvis Landry, 4 of 8, uh, Richard Higgins, 6 of 7, and Duke Johnson, 6 of 6. Like, there, there's just an element of it's just there. It, it doesn't matter. Like, if whatever is going to be there is going to be there. Uh, and I really like what I saw from Higgins. I really like what I saw from Duke. Landry had a couple nice, uh, really nice catches, like the one on the sideline where he managed to hold himself in uh, or that uh, ball that was – back shoulder like like it couldn't have been placed any better by by Mayfield that was not an easy catch they made but I you know these other guys fairly or not they just do more when they get the ball and Duke Johnson looked like you know one of the criticisms well he can't really line up out wide which has never been true but he showed you when he lined up out wide and then caught that that teardrop pass again back shoulder he looked great (laughs) doing it but you know, it's nice to see him get involved more. I mean, the fact that he had uh, 66 yards on eight total touches is good. Um, you know, I'd, I'd like to see, keep seeing that be consistent uh, or even a little bit more of that. But, you know, this game early on, it felt like you were going to get 200 yards out of, your ba- out of your backs and just sort of take control. And unfortunately, at least from the point standpoint, it took longer than, than it seemed like it was going to to really get a mounting lead where they could just sort of do those things. But even even with what you got, uh, you got you know two running backs giving you a ton of yardage, a bunch of big plays, and it really helps open up those opportunities, especially if you want to go deep down the field or, or to the sideline, uh, that it, it makes it easier. And you're seeing uh, Baker take advantage of that. Now, on some of these, he you know there were some passes that weren't, great in terms of being a little risky even the Njoku pass was pretty risky uh, thankfully he had basically uh, picture perfect placement to get it away from the defender because if he threw that on the other side of the receiver that was probably going to the house the other way uh, but I, I mean give him credit he 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 made the play that ultimately sealed the game uh, and Njoku got to run out there for 66 yards on that play and he had another pretty good day uh, blocking, you're seeing him continue to grow. So I mean, th- there's you know, I certainly the game wasn't as close as the score would indicate. But even then, you'd still wish they would have put maybe a little bit more of their foot down on these guys. But at the same point, 
Um, it never felt, even when it was 0-0 after a quarter and even when it became 26-18, the game never felt close to me. It all, it just always felt like the Browns were a significantly better team, and it was just a matter of them basically imposing their will. I mean, after the first half, uh, uh, what's his face? Uh, Je- Jeff Driscoll had three yards passing. Like, they just completely shut that down. You know, Mixon never really did as much as – he may have been capable of doing. They they got some yards in garbage time, but overall, I mean, it just the defense was good enough that even when the offense wasn't clicking at a super high rate, that it just felt like a matter of time. One hundred percent. And that even still, the first quarter was like, and it's weird now because it's like you watch it and you're like, wow, it's going to be all right. You know, you know, covering this team last year. A slow start meant, all right, man, we're looking for something else to watch here maybe by the you know late second quarter. You don't feel that way now. Um, Baker will use, and we keep saying this, you know, you get like a New England type of vibe, like where and if you're looking at it from a fantasy perspective of, I don't know which guy to play. Yeah, but that's kind of, but also think about what this defensive coordinators and these opposing players, are. this is what they're playing against. I don't know what Baker's looking to feature. Look, most of the time, Baker's not looking to feature anybody. He's looking to feature who's open. Fells three receptions today. Uh, you know, obviously worked for Njoku. Um, you know, Rashard Higgins this week was his calling card. Antonio Callaway, not much of him this week, which was a little bit strange, you know, the way the young guy had been developing. Uh, Nick Chubb and Pete is 100% right. It would just seem like it was going to be, you know, I'm going to get stuffed on one of four runs, but the other three runs are going to be 8 to 15 to 20-yard runs. He, he just... Just moves so easily. Uh, north and south, you're always going to get from Nick Chubb. But there's a lot more wiggle to him than anybody would have ever given him credit to. His vision is fantastic. Me and Pete fight these battles daily sometimes with some guys on Twitter. Nick Chubb was a very, very special back. And if what worried you about him was his long-term health because of his knee, just say it. But finding other ways to discredit the, the player that he is. It, 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 it's just it's just not fair. This is this is your Lockdown Browns uh, postgame show brought to you tonight by MyBookie.com. Guys, the deal with MyBookie.com. Look, uh, I will always recommend that you use a good site if you want to bet. You want to talk betting, stuff like that. Look, it's it, just as important who you're investing your money with as to what you are betting on. That's where MyBookie.com comes in. They've been in the business for years. They have great reviews online. And their mobile site, simple, clean, easy to use. Look, some guys like a smaller slate to bet games. You know, so we're headed to the playoffs here, guys. So if you want to do that, maybe this is where you want to pick up betting because you don't want so much so much action going on, but you have more confidence in you know a Saturday playoff game or a Sunday playoff game. Go to mybookie.com. Create a new account after 7 p.m. Eastern. If you do that, there'll be a free $25. They'll still match the initial deposit up to 100%. So mybookie.com. Go ahead there. Register after 7 p.m. Eastern. Like I said, you're going to not only get 100% of your investment if you do it after 7 p.m. Eastern, you get the extra free $25. Use the promo code LOCKEDON25. Capital L, capital O, locked on 25. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M Y B O O K I E dot com. MyBookie.com. You play, you win, you get paid. Now, Pete, defensively, got after Driscoll early. Got, did everything you did you could do to control Mixon early. I mean, in the first half, other than one Mixon run, you pretty much had Jeff in an absolute in a phone booth, there was nothing he could do. Um, everybody kind of had some moments, whether it was Schobert, whether it was Avery, it was Jabril Peppers, uh, just more and more. And we're we're going to get a little bit here with Denzel Ward in a little bit, guys. But you know, let's just talk about the overall defensive performance here first, Pete. Um, 
good team effort, I would say, overall. I mean, you know, they, they, the Bengals spent a lot of resources trying to slow down Miles Garrett. Uh, and, and, and the result you saw was Larry Ogunjobi had a big game with two sacks. You saw Jannard Avery come up big uh, with a couple big plays off the edge. Like you, you saw what should happen, which is if, if Miles is going to get all this attention, other guys, and they, they certainly have the talent to do it, need to come up and make plays. And, that, and that's what you saw. And then obviously – you know, Schobert's always going to be a consistent player. Jabro Peppers still making plays. Demarius Randall still out there. Uh, and then, you know, the corner play was very, very good in the first half. Not quite as good in the second half, but more than enough to win. Uh, and, and, you know, it took – they had three quarters of shutout football. They gave up everything in that fourth quarter. The field goal was, I think, the first play of the quarter. Uh, and then, you know, they gave up a, a lazy touchdown – uh, they shouldn't have, and then and then you have a punt block that sets up the last one. I mean that it, it sort of does a disservice to the game they put up overall. But you know that that was you know the type of game you were looking for. I mean in the pregame, I thought they were going to hold them under ten. Uh, they were at ten, and then they got the punt blocked. But in any case, I just it just never felt like once the Browns got a lead that, that this defense was going to gag it up, especially with just how undermanned. Uh, the Bengals were. Uh, they had they had a tough time with everything. I mean, their their playmakers were Joe Mixon, who was okay, uh, Ozuma, and then uh, John Ross were all their dudes, um, and, they, and they 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 did a little bit of damage, but just nothing was ever such a problem that it was like, oh man, this guy's going to kill us. It was more like this guy made a couple plays, this guy made a couple plays, but overall they're fine. They'll 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 get the stop or they'll cause the turnover or whatever it was. Uh, and, and that's what you got for three quarters, which is all you can really ask for. The fact that they gave, got, gave up what they did in the fourth quarter is unimportant to me. I mean, beyond the fact that if you give up, you, you don't get a, a point to the fourth quarter, 20, 20, uh, 26 should be more than enough. But, I mean, the Browns should have scored even more points than that, uh, which is unfortunate. But that's, you know, that, the scoreboard doesn't really tell the tale on this one as far as the defense goes. No, and I do agree to that. Uh, you know, it was because, I mean, you know, if you basically off, you know, basically the first three and whether the field goal, I, I think it may have been the last one of the third, but whatever, it doesn't matter. That's neither here nor there. You basically threw three quarters of shutout football, which is very difficult to do in the NFL. Um, but you got the contribution, you know, contribution everywhere. You know, Joe Schobert was big early, Jannard Avery. Um, Driscoll, look, you know, he's probably got a future sticking around the league for a while. I don't know if he's going to be anybody's guy. So you're talking about a number two. You ain't got number, you you don't have feature wide receivers to use. Uh, their tight end is on IR as well. So it's basically Joe Mixon and a bunch of twos and threes at tight end and three, fours and fives at wide receiver. But they got a little something going later where they were just able to go no huddle and just play the game from that. But I do want to get to Denzel Ward here, Pete. And me and you, we both like Denzel Ward. One thing we thought during the draft process was, Man, this dude's a little light in the ass. He and Greg Williams, you know, this came out obviously, you know, in the preseason. You know, uh, his tackling, he's got to work on it because it's incorrect. This is something now that's an issue, and Denzel Ward's got to remember that when he's on that field, he very well may be the smallest one of the, the ter- any twenty-two guys that are ever on the field. Right. Uh, I expect when he's actually playing, he's maybe 175 pounds he might be even lighter than that uh, I, i've seen people throw around the number 190 that ain't happening until his career is over um he's just always going to be that guy now 
in, in terms of the injury that happened, uh, beyond getting you know stronger muscles in his neck as a shock absorber, this just came down to being a bad tackling for him. And I know a lot of people are sitting there going, well, he should have listened to Greg and, and, and gone low and, and tried to basically slap the feet out. Demarius Randall had do- just done that and missed the tackle. The problem is is uh, the, the Ward basically just ran into him straight up. It didn't really do anything that a tackler would do. He needed to break down, engage his hips, and, and, and make a real effort at it. But – you're a six foot corner and you let a two a six foot five, 269 pound man be the lower man in this scenario. That's not going to end well, but you at least have to bend and actually make a real effort of it. Uh, that's really the issue here is that it looked lazy. Like he thought he could take for granted that, Oh, I can just shove this dude out of bounds. And the guy is about twice his size and was ready to take on that impact. And that's what you got to be careful of, you know, with big, uh, with Denzel. Look, I mean, these guys are all, and maybe he got himself a little geeked up. You know, the first hit, first preseason game for the Giants, laid somebody out, ended up drawing a taunting penalty over it. But you know, be more cognizant to being a smaller guy. Look, when I played D-back, I hated it. But the one thing I made sure is I was going to be the lower guy. You were not going to truck me. You know, you may have gotten out of my ankle tackle. And, you know, but just go in toe-to-toe and leaving yourself open like that. And it was almost like you watched him, Umas, I looked at him kind of like, man, what'd you do? Because, I mean, it was you know, he's giving up I mean, 70 to 85 pounds in that. It's just be smarter than that. Or even get yourself in a position where it's two hands on the hip and just make sure the next stride he takes leads with him getting out of bounds. I don't know if it was Peppers or Randall, but, I mean, that's what you saw with bigger physical guys, you know, and, and that was the instance there. But Peppers, it, it, it just went perfectly in that three-play sequence for him, where they mentioned his mentioned his you know Saturday night in Denver, and after the play he had made, and then strung together another one, and then strung together another one, and he just it, it, it's just so much fun because now that he is even now that he's confident as he is, you're just getting even more out of him. Yeah, I mean, confidence obviously. You couldn't get any more of it out of Peppers. Maybe I should maybe I should have used recognition, but you know, after last week, I think he got recognition, and that's kind of what set this off today. Yeah, but I mean, confidence. It's not like he's ever been short on it. It it seems like maybe he was wavering a little bit when he said what he said uh, in regards to fans and and people basically getting after him. You know, outside of the stadium and all that, and how Can't inappropriate that was. Can't go out. That type of stuff. But. uh you know, with last week and this week, you're, I think he's in a great spot in terms of his flow. I think a lot of this is just getting a best, the best feel possible in terms of where he needs to be, what he's allowed to do if it's not entirely scripted, or you know those types of things where he's he and Randall are sort of have found themselves on on the same page. Uh, in a way that they weren't at the beginning of the year, which is what naturally happens when you have two safeties thrown together and both of them playing, uh, even though they're their positions they have played before, they hadn't been playing recently and in a different scheme. Um, so that's, that's, that makes a huge difference. And, and, and I think some of this is also Greg and by extension, uh, Blake, uh, Williams trusting him more and sort of letting him, see it and and, and greg greg williams during the uh during this week talked about how jabril peppers is now you know confident enough where he's like 
coming to him, him with ideas and they're discussing him and, and that type of stuff, which is good. Um, you know, so he's, he seems to be in a point where he now really, really understands what is supposed to happen. And now he's trying to figure out how to, how to make that situation better. And to the, we're now at a point where like when they threw that wide receiver screen to his side, yeah. I have no idea what they were thinking because I, the, the second they turned to the right, I thought that dude was going to get killed, and, and Peppers was there, big tackle for loss, and and that's the thing that's that, that you're you're going to come to expect. The biggest thing with Peppers, though, and he, I don't know when he's going to get credit. Maybe last week is the start of it, but it's it's just how much range he has. He can get anywhere on the field, and and it reminds me of when uh, Ha Ha Clinton Dick played at Alabama, where it always felt like they had a twelfth man on the field because he was just everywhere. Uh, and 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 he Peppers isn't quite to that point. And the NFL is a far more difficult game, but just the amount of ground he's able to cover and the amount of problems he can he can uh, do and cause that that he has shown the ability where he can be all the way in the backfield and come back behind the play and track down a, a player that he can go all the way across the field and make an interception like he did in Denver. Uh, I, I don't again, and we've talked about this. I don't know where the ceiling is with Peppers, but I know he hasn't reached it yet. Uh, that he's only going to get better, and and I think, you know, the hope is that the, that he's going to have a great game next week against Baltimore in a big big game. Even if there's no playoffs for the Browns on the line, I think it's a big game for a lot of reasons. Uh, but I'm hoping that the, the these last two games, and hopefully another good game against the Ravens, that when they come into the off season and the next season, that's closer to where he starts from. Uh, than 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 uh, having to backtrack and sort of get back up there. I'm hoping that this is sort of that that time where he really owns it and, and feels comfortable. Where now we're talking about uh, instead of having to convince people he's good, that it's just so obvious that uh, now it's talking about how far does he go? Is he going to be a Pro Bowler next year? Which I, I, I do think he has the ability. And, and honestly, if we went by something like Pro Football Focus for the, determining the Pro Bowl, he'd be in it now. So there's just a ton left there. Uh, and, and God knows if, if they hire a competent special teams coach, he may actually get to return something with some blocking, uh, <laughs> because that's another area where he can, he can get better. And, and they may be that, that experiment may, may be over with simply because he's, he's too played, valuable. He's played his way out of it. Yep. But, uh, you know, I, I firmly believe that if they could actually block, he, he isn't somebody who has a threat to take it all the way. Uh, but we'll, we'll see what, what, what happens with that part. Yeah, I mean, you don't lose that. You don't lose that. I mean, guys are just born with it where they can, you know, create, you know, a a huge, you know, create chaos within chaos. And that's what, you know, punt return and kick returns do. Um, but he he may have played his way out of that role with what he's done this year. Um, and, you know, where you're going with this, yeah, like, there's going to be times, and this is what he did on, you know, the blitz that closed out the Denver game. He freelanced. He took what the work he had done with the film, the flow of the game and the call and said, you know what, I'm going to do it a little bit different and you want to know what, maybe they're going to get my ass about it, but if I succeed, it's not going to matter. Guys like Troy Palomalu, those are guys who succeeded doing that type of stuff and this is where maybe you can get to see a little more INTs where he diagnoses something so freaking fast like he did on that wide receiver screen, which wasn't fooling anyone in the building, but you want to know what, you're still playing the game. He was all over it and it was just, you know, Boom, step, plant, north, boom, plays over. Don't run that stuff on me. And, and since was, he's and since he's not since he's got that part of it down, 
hopefully this is just an offseason where he can refine his technique and, and get better in coverage. Because if he adds that piece, and I don't think he's been bad in that area by any stretch. But I mean, but a little he, bit of a deeper zone work and the you know, and the, and the you know uh, dropping back to fifteen to twenty yards, and but everything else shows you that he can graduate to the next that next step. But if he gives you that that extra where he becomes a good covering free sa- strong safety, he almost becomes like Malcolm Jenkins back there, and now you've got. What you know? What effectively are are uh, three corners because Randall has obviously played corner, and a safety, a strong safety who's versatile enough to give you a free safety back there. That that really becomes difficult to pass against. That you don't have sort of a liability back there in terms of the passing game like you would with maybe like a Derek Kindred type who's more limited. He's more of a hybrid linebacker than he is a, a true safety. That you have four guys back there on any given. Uh, any given play where you can have them cover and, and feel good about it. 100%. Guys, this is your Locked on Browns postgame show here. Jeff Lloyd, Pete Smith over at NFL Spin Zone, as always, guys. Uh, Locked on NFL with Matt Williamson. Matt does a fantastic job over there. The Monday shows you will get guys like myself, the hosts of the individual teams. He'll do three to four of that big games over the weekend. Tuesdays, uh, he will sit with Sage Rosenfeld, former NFL quarterback. He had a lot of breakdown. He, you know, X's and O's with Sage. His PFF show is on Wednesdays with Mike Renner. Mike Sando from ESPN joins Matt on Thursdays. Friday, Matt will break down the entire slate of games for the weekend and give you his personal picks for him. So go ahead and check out the Locked On NFL podcast with Matt Williamson, guys. Subscribe, all the downloads, all that good stuff. Now, Pete, we're going to close with this. And as much as I loved when Baker scrambled, got the first down, it got a little, you know, a little chippy, but his receivers were there for him. Everybody ran to him. Hitting Najoku, uh, you know, on a great ball. And, you know, David, you know, David, we know you're faster than that. Come on, buddy. Let's go. Take out one of the house. Maybe, True. I, maybe, I, had True. A little fa- maybe I had a little fantasy money on that one. And w- that extra touchdown would have helped. But, uh, well, I'll tell you what. The, 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 the betting line was eight and a half. That fake, the, the blocked punt and then not getting in the end zone there. That hurt some people. That hurt a lot of people who bet on the Browns on that one. There's uh, always, there's always, yeah, there's always the financial so, aspect involved. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I thought he would have scored. Uh, I think you know that it's interesting. I, I'll be curious to see if he comes up with the excuse that look, I, I wanted to get stopped short inbounds to make sure we could run the clock. Uh, but yeah, I was so, last I was home game of the season. No way. He better say <laughs> I wanted to score. He better say I was trying to score. <laughs> Making the smart play, wanted to make coach happy. We could run the go. No, I, w- I would have. Lo- that would have been such an. It was a great exclamation point on the game. Anyway, clearly that's what ended it. But it just would have been a a different deal if that dude gets in the end zone on that. Uh, the way his season has gone, certainly he's been significantly better in some of these games later in the year. Uh, but I, I really do think that could have been a breakthrough moment for him. But. It was great. It you know it it won the game. It it wasn't perfect. Like we would have loved to see him score it. Uh, I would have loved to personally. I would have loved. I, I think they should have just scored anyway. I I, I I will tell you right now. When they came out in victory offense, I was pissed. I was like, this is Hugh. It's the last home game of the year. Give the ball to Nick Chubb and close it out. Well, yes, it, completely the smart decision to kneel it. I thought the Greg move was to say, screw it. We're scoring. We're going to let these guys know exactly what's coming to them uh, and all that. You can call it Hugh Jackson. You can call it whatever, but it's basically saying, this is who we are. We are not going to let up ever, and we're going to score here and really seal the game. But be that as it may, 
they won, so not not too bad. And now, obviously, they're five hundred, and uh, and and they have an opportunity to get. You know, they they can only go one of two ways. They they can't go five hundred this year. They have to win uh, against the Ravens to either get over five hundred the first time since two thousand seven, which is insane, or lose, finish under five hundred, and you know, not certainly not a bad finish by any stretch, but may take a little bit of the. Uh, Little, little, little bit of the high off of where this team could go. I, I just think, in terms of national respect, in terms of even within the division respect, especially if the Ravens are need this win to get in the playoffs, uh, that there's a little, little juice in there for this team if they win, and it's, it's, it would be an extremely sad. It would. Even if they don't go to the playoffs, it would feel like they're going to the playoffs if they win win this final game, just because of how this season has gone and where this team has gone for, uh, since, and and how much of a change they they've made. But you know, if they lose, they lose a, an extremely tough game. We're going to be excited about next season anyway. But I do think there's a little bit more on the line in terms of showing people, especially if they're able to sweep the Ravens, uh, which which would be a big deal. Uh, they've swept the Bengals. That's a big deal. And now they have an opportunity to go four, one and one in the division. They're, at, at the very least, they've sewn up a winning record within the division, which is majorly important. Uh, but I, I, And it's not so much pressure to me. I just think this week is going to be a lot of fun. There's just a lot to enjoy about this week. I think this is going to be a lot of fun. I know it's not going to happen because there's better games to do it with, but this is the type of game I think is going to be a great football game and, you know, warrants being flexed, but I'm sure it won't happen. Um, probably not. I mean, I would probably, uh, my guess is all signs point to Tennessee, Indianapolis, which, you know, hey, that is what it is. But <laughs> not good of a game. It just won't. Who wants to see 16-13? I, I would rather see two rookie quarterbacks. I, I, I would enjoy watching half of that game. It's just not the Titans part. Uh, 100. And especially knowing that the fact is, is a very good chance it's not Marcus Mariota. So, I mean, which isn't must-sell TV as it is, must-see TV as it is. But even still, I mean, you you could do better. Um, Yeah, obviously, look, you're going to go down to Baltimore next week. And look, this is, you know, I hate the participation trophy aspect of it. I'm not that guy. But this is your playoff game. Go in there. Win it. Um, look, what you saw last night with, you know, there's a lot of running with what Baltimore does. You know, Lamar Jackson, uh, he's a better quarterback than maybe the Ravens even think at this point. Um, you, they may be stuttering his growth a little bit due to the fact they want to make the playoffs, which is, hey, it's all fine and good. Um, the kids should be throwing the ball around a little bit more. He shouldn't be be taking these hits like he is. But go down there. Find a way. Um, the defense is going to be tough, guys. There's no way around it. I mean, you know, they harassed the living daylights out of Phillip Rivers in 10 points. So, but you got to go play it, and you know it, it, the win would be great, especially if it was a dirty one. The way you got it the first team, ugly, you know, did enough. Just find a way to get a win and get out of there. But that eight seven one is crucial for these guys. I don't think it means you know look seven eight and one eight seven one. Obviously, it's one game, but it would be crucial, crucial if they could pull off four in a row here in December and just roll on out of here with that confidence and everything to do this off season. Pete, one thing, Baker. After the completion of Joku, and the sideline stare down. I mean, dude, this is the guy, and it's just look. Put every drop of it on me. There's still fantastic players in that locker room, athletes, performers. But he's saying, look, I don't care. Put it on my shoulders. 
screw you and screw the freaking horse that you came into town on. Right, he's a lightning rod, and that's the way he's always going to be. And and it's it's great for his teammates because they're never going to talk about you know with any regularity. They're not talking about well, David Njoku dropped the ball here. Antonio Callaway didn't do anything here. You know, the right tackle is a question mark. I don't know if Chris Hubbard can do it. It's everything is on this kid. And that's the way he sort of thrives. I mean, it, it, he seems to just enjoy a ste- steady diet of spite, which is near and dear to my heart. Uh, but <laughs> yes, he just, if there's anybody, it's you. Yeah. Bro. So he, uh, you know, it, it's it's great. And, and I, 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 there's no doubt the, the teammates love him for that in that part, in that not only does he take all the attention, good and bad, uh, and they don't take really any of it, but it makes them want to fight for him that much harder because at the same time, they don't get criticized. If he's getting ragged on, there's a part of it that they have to feel, well, I didn't do enough to make sure he didn't. Or if, if, you know, if everybody's talking great about Baker Mayfield, it's sort of a, they're talking about the rest. They're really talking about the Browns in general, uh, which is good. Now, at, at the same time, you know, and and part of it is because Baker Mayfield has had a truly historic rookie year. It's going to go down as one of the best rookie years for a quarterback in the history of the game ever. As it uh, should. If it's not the best, I don't know how close we are to that, but you know that's going to be one of the first things you're going to start seeing come out in the off season. Um, but it does overshadow some things. Uh, you know, Nick Chubb is great. He probably doesn't get as much credit as he deserves. Miles Garrett is a genuine phenom. He probably doesn't get as much credit as he deserves. But I think the trade-off is more than worth it. Well, and but also, but you look at these guys. This isn't Nick Chubb. That's not Miles Garrett. I mean, Miles Garrett has basically told us he does not want to be this guy. So go ahead, let Six do it. Let everybody else do their freaking thing. I mean, if you want to see maybe the lightning rod on defense, it's maybe becoming Jabril Peppers because Joe Schobert's a quiet dude, you know, who just does his business. So it's almost like as much as they're finding their roles on the field together, they're kind of finding their roles as a roster. Yeah, I think it's not as much Jabril as it is Demarius, but certainly Jabril has his part of it going. Um, Obviously, it's tough to get more out there than when Demarius Randall said, "If AJ Green's not playing, we're gonna we're gonna beat their ass." you know, as publicly as he did. But at the same time, and then the handle. Peppers and the handle. came back this week and basically said, I got nothing against Hugh Jackson, but it's going to be fun kicking his ass again. Like it, that. Exactly. Yeah. And when, especially when he said the most dis- disrespectful things we heard were from the Cincinnati Bengals. And, and I go back to the pregame where you, has you has a half game difference in record ever felt more different than the Cleveland Browns and the Cincinnati Bengals? And yeah, that was the case. It's like, well, wait a minute. You guys think you can talk seriously? It yeah, it was it was bizarre. But yeah, I mean, look, with all the injuries they've had, with all the issues about what's going to happen when when the season's over, they've got impending free agency for their biggest star, who's also hurt. Uh, there's just a lot going on there, and they have just completely fallen apart. In the second half of the season, it wasn't that long ago where the Bengals were leading the division and then still in the playoff race. They were four and they, and they started off four and one, and they've just completely cratered. And really, the the end of the beginning of their season is what the Browns are having at the end of theirs. 
so, I mean, I guess at the same point, you can say the Browns dug themselves too big of a hole, and they absolutely did. But they also, in some respects, are peaking at the right time and peaking at a point where they can sort of hopefully carry it over to next year. And, and you know, the the what are the, Greg Williams is now 5-2, and two, uh, can carry that over into next year where that's that's the standard as opposed to catching people by surprise. It, and that's just kind of where we're headed. And look, I mean, if you want Greg to be head coach of this team, I can truly understand. If you want Freddie Kitch to be head coach of this team, I, look, I, nobody knows right now how any of this is going to go. But I mean, I do understand in the living in the now, and maybe we don't want to change anything or break this up. It, it, there's huge decisions to be made, and obviously, guys, we're going to spend a lot of time covering that as far as this all goes here. You know, after you know next Sunday's game. Guys, uh, I do want to say, well, first things first, thanks for Pete Smith for joining. As always, uh, we got one more left here. The pre- and post-game shows with Pete this year have been fantastic, been fun to do. Um, we kind of message each other, and there's not much, but once we get into this, we, we definitely both both open up and thrive. Pete, all the best to you. Uh, you know, it, it, you know, enjoy the holiday, uh, you know, all the stuff in, yeah, as we head into New Year's. Uh, guys, uh, everybody, look, you had a great day today. Uh, tomorrow's Christmas Eve, tomorrow's Christmas, I mean, Tuesday's Christmas. It's been a tough close to 2018 for me, and as we get in here into the holidays. So, I'm, you know, I'm doing everything I can to get through it. I'm starting to get a little into the spirit this year, but it's a little bit tough with everything that's gone on. But, guys, enjoy the heck out of this. Uh, this team's not going away. Uh, it's not a question of, like, you're losing good players. I mean, the best players on this team are still here for years to come. So, we're going to ride this. We're going to have a lot of fun with it. So I want to wish you all Merry Christmas. Everybody, take some time with your family. Enjoy the living crap out of it. You're still going to get shows here. We're going to close out the year just like we normally would for any month. So we'll close out the year with a lot of great guests here as it goes on. But guys, uh, you know, I hope you enjoyed today. I had a blast with it. As we, oh, uh, I'm sorry. Well, we got to do this. Alexa, sorry, guys, go ahead. Just hit the button. Ask them. Play Lockdown Browns. They will play Lockdown Browns for you. Um, you know, go ahead and you'll know, follow the show, uh, whether it is the Locked On Browns Twitter account. Uh, we always keep a follow back. Uh, Locked On NFL Instagram, Locked On NFL Net Facebook, everything you need there. Locked On NFL on Twitter as well, guys. All the shows, everything you need posted. Why is that? If you guys really get into the playoffs and you you know you want to start to pick a team other than Cleveland, as much as it sucks, but you're not going to have to do that for the next five or six years. So maybe do that this year. Any shows you want or you're looking for, they're going to be put out through those apps. So go ahead, check that out. Uh, me personally, at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd. Please go ahead and follow the account. Five-star iTunes rating reviews, guys. Those are always fantastic. They keep show, the show's growth at you know strong pace that is currently at. Um, as we always say when we close it, guys, LGB on the LOB. Let's go Browns.